What is going on, Mets fans? Welcome to another episode of Amazing Talk. I'm Steve Ford, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Charlie Argento. And we thank you for hanging out with us and checking out our podcast. If you enjoy our content, please remember to like, follow, and subscribe. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, We have a terrific episode lined up, so thank you again for listening in, and let's jump right into some Amazing Talk. Today, we have a special guest joining us who is an extremely talented individual. He has a vlog on YouTube called What's Up Flobo and has multiple podcasts, including the 26 Stone Show and New Amsterdam Radio. He's not only a stand-up comedian, DJ, and fellow podcaster, but he's also a diehard Mets fan who bleeds orange and blue. Please welcome to the show, Flobo Boyce. I love that intro. I I sound so famous. (laughs) I appreciate that. I'm glad you like it. Well, Flobo, really, uh, welcome and thank you welcome. so much for out with us. Ah, oh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Any, any place I can talk about the Mets is always great. You know what I mean? Like when I was someone was asked if you're a Met fan, I'm like, well, someone has to be, but to be <laughs> among friends, it's always great. Definitely. Um, yeah, thank you. And uh, you know, I've been following you on Twitter and Facebook. I've listened to your podcasts. I've seen your stand up on YouTube, which is fantastic, by the way. I absolutely love your humor. Oh, thank you. Uh, and, and how long have you been doing stand up? Oh, I remember the day like it was yesterday, August 10th, 2014. Uh, I was at the comedy store for a three minute set. And uh, I went to a comedy class and I was on graduation performance recital, I guess. <laughs> and it changed my life, man. It, it really did. It, it was like the anticipation of giving people the show, making them laugh, making them think it was. It, yeah, it's great. I think, I think you still find my first performance somewhere on the Internet. It's it's uploaded there somewhere. Wow. OK. Yeah, that, that was actually my next question. I was going to ask how you actually got involved with it. Um, yeah. So it was just something you always wanted to do or did you got turned on to it, I guess, when you were at the, the comic show? I, I don't want to bring the show down, but I was a fan of comedy my entire life. I, I used to watch uh, The Tonight Show back then. It was with Jay Leno. Uh, people always say The Tonight Show host that you grew up with is the one you, you know, associate it with. And for me, it was Jay Leno. I thought it was pretty cool that every day you got six new minutes of material. Well, not it was funny. It was up to you. But you got new material every night. And right. uh, it was something I always wanted to do. And a little bit of a sidebar. So I used to be very, very heavy. I used to weigh about mm, 375 pounds. And uh, hmm. I lost a bunch of weight. And I got some skin removed. And I had complications from that skin removal surgery. Uh, long story short, my uh, suture line had reopened up after the surgery. I was starting to bleed out on my couch. I was at home recovering. And I said to myself, I was going to die. But I had two big regrets. And, and it's funny because when you're about to die, you kind of put all that the worries go aside. But I had two regrets. And it was one, mm-hmm. I never learned how to ride a motorcycle. And two, I never tried stand up. And so if I said to myself, you know, if I make it, I'm going to try it. <laughs> and so I did. Uh, I got I got a living social, like a, a Groupon, the, the poor man's Groupon, I guess. Uh, <laughs> did a comedy class for six weeks. And luckily, the, the graduation recital was at the Comedy Store, which is actually one of the most famous comedy clubs in the country. So being able to oh. uh, do the same stage that Dave Chappelle did the, uh, the Bird Equanimity, the small one, the belly room, yeah. it, it was great. Wow. So... <laughs> Holy cow. What a story. So you, you actually, uh, a near death experience caused yeah. you, turned you on to, st- to stand up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Could you stop worrying about the small stuff, you know? Like if you would you see death in the face, what's a couple of booze? Am I right? Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you, but I, I guess something phenomenal came out of it. So Yeah, that's kind of the balance of life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a comic uh when growing up that inspired you? Or was that something that you just said, you know, I just want to make people laugh. Yeah, you know, it was all about uh, resurrecting vaudeville, which is a very ancient art, you know, in, in this country. So, like, I grew up watching Cedric uh, the Entertainer Presents. My mom had the old Sid Caesar tapes from Reader's Digest. Flip Wilson was before my time, but I saw the rerun. So that kind of comedian, but still variety-based format was my favorite. I mentioned Tonight Show. I watched Fallon every so often, and so it was kind of like that. Uh, when I was a teenager, there was a, a time when Chris Rock came up where there was only six comedy specials a year. So when someone got a comedy special, it was a big deal. It was like, you don't go outside Saturday night. You're going to feel like this, this premiere of this one-hour comedy tape. And that was magic to be able to do nothing but have a microphone and some stories and people are taking off work and trying to get home early or stealing cable in our case to see it. You know what I mean? That was a big deal. It, it definitely worked out for you because you, you, uh, you're, you're a really great talent. I love listening to your stand-up, as I mentioned before. And, and you've been, from what I've seen, you've been to venues all over the U.S. Have you performed in other countries? Uh, technically, yes. I've done uh, stand up in Toronto, which is kind of like a foreign country, but kind of not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was funny you mentioned that because 2020, I had some dates lined up. But of course, 2020 was canceled. Uh, that was going to be uh, my debut in Japan. That was like the big plan to go out there, take wow. the act on the road. Uh, but it wasn't to be. And, I, and that's great because if it wasn't for the shutdown, I wouldn't have leaned into my podcast, which you've mentioned early at the top of the show. They are many <laughs> and they are vibrant and I enjoy it. So. Wow. Yeah, 2020. I remember that like it was just yesterday. <laughs> right. We're still living it. Yeah, still <laughs> carried over. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, so you're not only a stand-up comic. You uh, you have content out there through several different platforms. I mentioned the, the 26 Stone show, uh, New Amsterdam Radio, yeah. which are great shows. But I have to say, for someone like myself, who's not only a big Mets fan, as big a Mets fan as they come, but also a huge movie buff, I am a particular fan of your podcast, Flobo Saw It on Netflix. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a typical review show. I, I spoke to you back and forth on this briefly that, that you turned me on to a couple of couple of movies from that podcast. You know, it was a, it was a mix of spite and just confusion. If I could just somehow <laughs> what, what it was, I use I have all my shows. I have like six or seven podcasts and I'm sure at one point I'll mention them all. But uh, there were some other shows I was helping out my friends on where I'll be like a, a guest, like much like yours. But then you clear a schedule, you know, you get ready to go and someone goes, oh, I'm not feeling it today. You know what I mean? So right. I cleared my schedule one Tuesday and I said, you know what? <laughs> I want to do something. But what I also realized is with, with us having so many different streaming packages because we decided not to pay for cable with one bill, but to have cable on 20 different bills, we have Netflix because it's the gold standard, but it just sits. And my queue is long as hell, you know? <laughs> and, and so let me go into deep of the archive, see the only Netflix originals because no one goes out of their way to see Netflix originals and just use my old film school uh, education to use for a change. And so, yeah, that was a, a kind of a fun one. I get some of my friends on. I get to have them pick movies for me. I get mad when they pick musicals. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's pretty much shedding light on hidden gems or movies that you would otherwise, that would go unnoticed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I mentioned listening to that podcast and what was the movie Vampires versus the Bronx? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, if, if I honestly, before I saw you, if I, before I heard your podcast, if I had come across Vampires in the Bronx, I'd be like, what, what, what? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. But I got it. I was pleasantly not disappointed in that one. I was very surprised. That, that was actually quite a good one. That's to watch. the best so, review. I was pleasantly not disappointed. That- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write that down. <laughs> But no, it's, it's, it's a great show and you've definitely gained a fan. Thank you. And uh, again, prior to the show, prior to you coming on, going back to what I said before, when we first when we first started talking back and forth over the past couple of weeks, we were chatting through uh, matchmaker.fm, which is for those who do not know what that is. It's, <laughs> it's not a day website? No, no. It is a social- <laughs> All right. I'm out of time, guys. Bye. I was disappointed. I thought it was the first date. I had no idea. It's, for those that don't, don't, for those that do not know, it's a social media platform hangout for podcasters to communicate with one another, and and uh, that's how Flobo and I ended up meeting. It is not for finding sexy singles in your area. <laughs> I, 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 it's funny because I told my wife, I said, "Look, I'm having this guy on the show. We're going back and forth. If you see a notification come through on my phone that says Matchmaker, please do not freak out." <laughs> It's not a dating service. Oh, man. That would be an awkward conversation. Who's yeah, this right. Flabo guy? Listen, it's not what it looks like, babe. Red flag. <laughs> no, she she definitely appreciated the heads up. I, I, I could only imagine had she saw the app and started reading the comments from me to you, like, hey, I'm looking forward to talking to you. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, 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 LGM. Do, what are you wearing right now? I mean, <laughs> context is everything. So. <laughs> So again, for those of you who are interested in podcasting, if it's something you want to check out, it's matchmaker.fm. The FM at the end is very important. If you put in .com, you will get something very different. Ooh. So yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Flo, back to you. Obviously, your career in life is out in California, uh, yeah. but you are originally from New York. What part are you from? Uh, well, I tell people Flatbush because it has more cred, but you know, we are New- you're New Yorkers, right? Uh, I'm actually from Flatlands. Uh, the neighborhood. So it's on the other side of King's Highway. So if you were from the area, St. Thomas Aquinas, King's Plaza, like that part of Brooklyn. Okay. okay. We were practically neighbors then. I was I was in uh, Sheepshead Bay. <laughs> okay. So you know, you know exactly what, but once you leave the city, it's like a uh, Flatbush. Like, cause, you yeah. Know, <laughs> whether you're a Streisand fan or a Salone fan, you say Flatbush. But yeah, I'm directly yeah. from Flatlands uh, because that neighborhood has no personality of its own. Like Flatlands borders so many other neighborhoods, whether it was Mill Basin or Canarsie or Flatbush, like they have so much more character. It's just kind of there, you know? It's just, oh, that's where, uh, you know, Lenny and John's Pizza is. Like, that's it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also, uh, did you have any family still back home or? or Everyone. I was a, a dummy that tried to go follow his dreams uh, out here out west. Uh, my, my parents came to this country in the 70s. Uh, they had their house. They had the American dream. And my brother lives with them uh, in Brooklyn in the same house I grew up in. And then I decided to, one, go to the south, go to Florida for a couple of years, and then took me out here in 07. So I've, I've moved further and further away. What about Florida? I lived in St. Augustine. I went to Flagler College. So that's like technically a suburb of Jacksonville, between Jacksonville and Daytona, first coast. Good deal. And and now you are a diehard Met fan. Did you grow up a Met fan or was, was it part of your upbringing or was it something that came into play later on? It's fun. So for context, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm I guess now I'm not saying I'm an old man. But I'm an older fan. So I'm in my mid 30s. And so I got to say there is some context here. In 96, when the Yankees won, it was like a thing for New York. 
right? Because when I was a kid, it was like post Maddenly, like pre Paul Neal. Like it was this weird downtime for New York sports in general. So we got, we used to watch both games equally, but for some reason, I just liked the colors. I realized it was the same colors as New York City flag. You know, a draw was drawn to that. I was a Tim McCarver guy. I know everyone hates the guy, but I like yeah. Tim McCarver and those lazy Saturday games, you know, and, and uh, the Mets made going to see the games a lot more accessible. I mean, there was, you can get a family of four in there for like 60 bucks, four tickets, parking in, in, in a soda, you know what I mean? And right. to this day, and, and baseball, whatever you think it's dying or it's as big as it ever was, you could see someone with a Yankee cap and they could be like a fan of the Yankees or a fan of baseball. They could be a fan of Jay-Z or Fred Durst or whatever. <laughs> but I, I've gone as far as, as Costa Rica and I've seen someone with a Mets hat. They have some connection to that city. And it's never like, oh, that was a team I picked because I liked them. It was my dad dragged me there. They were terrible, but I still loved them. you know. Or I was in a layover from England. I went to a Mets game. And that, to me, it's so cool to find like this tribal mark you know, among so many different people all over the world. So uh, we grew up neutral in my household. Uh, and then I got into the Mets first, if you can believe it. And my dad uh, made a hard switch uh, when Clemens threw that bat at Piazza. When he did that, my dad was like, I'm done. I am done with that. That was the turning point. <laughs> yeah, so he joined me, actually, if you can imagine. <laughs> Wow. So, so, you, so I take it you went to a lot of games when, when you were younger? Or? No. I, my parents were homebodies. They were homebodies, uh, and they didn't really do outside things. That sounds like terrible. Like, we're like in cages. But no, it just <laughs> we, we were, they were working class. So they, between them, they had five jobs, uh, creeping stereotype, five jobs. And so we didn't really do movies or, or games that way. But I had, like, my godfather, which would be the cool Uncle Sergey in that case. And he took us mm -hmm. out to a game. And, and you guys don't remember Shea Stadium. And I mean the original Shea Stadium, not the slave name I'm going to call city field i wish i call say stadium the original say stadium was not made for baseball and so we would go to these games but we up in the red section we're like there was a delay from the sound yeah. of the bat <laughs> the yeah. ball being hit it was like yeah. oh my gosh it was like mount everest you know uh, right. but, yeah. but going to those games a couple of times was great i made a point now as an adult to take my dad to games you know because i feel like i realized you know once you get old you become even more of a homebody so when I fly in, I go, all right, I found some discount tickets. We're going to Delta Club or we're going to the Lodge. We're going all over the park to see what it looks like. So it's a lot of fun. And, and have you been to any uh, any games since you've been out in California? Have you have you been to like Dodger Stadium or to a Padres game at all? I've been to them all. And it's funny oh. uh, here, here in Southern California, and I'm not sure if you have listeners there, but to me from New York, I like the the actual facility in Anaheim better. Uh, I think L.A. is a better baseball fandom like they'll come out in droves with their beer and just hang out in the bleachers it's very cool that way but for my money and for the experience i i rather drive to petco um from my house to petco park is 120 miles or from new york city to atlantic city you know but the petco park is right there in downtown san diego uh by the convention center you can make a weekend of it you know what i mean right there by the beach right. so you drive down friday night drink a couple beers or whatever i was actually at the game a Bartolo Colon's home run. Like I lost my voice in third inning. Uh, I was, you were there? <laughs> yeah, seven line was there. I was there. Like I, I, I blew my voice out. Like I, and I bought the tops card. So I gotta show you a picture of it. And we're done with this. Wow. Uh, but but I just love going to Petco for sure. All things being equal. I I almost was at, gonna be at that game. I was I was invited to a bachelor party, and we were thinking about going to San Diego, and we were gonna go to that game, and then we changed to New Orleans, uh, like a couple weeks before. <laughs> but. I was hoping that <laughs> everyone's having a time in their life. And you're just like stewing yeah. like, Oh, <laughs> New Orleans. Damn it.
<laughs> wow, that's so great that you were there for that. What a, what a historic home run. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend at the time was like, he's so slow. I'm like, that's the point, babe. He did it. He can take as much time as he wants to. <laughs> Big sexy. Yeah. So so last question before we get into the Mets, uh, before we deep dive into what's been going on with the Mets. What's your favorite, most vivid memory as a Mets fan, whether it's from your when you were younger or recently? Wow, there's just so many of them. And, okay. and I, now that's a very cop-out answer. But there's there's like, depending on my on my period of my life, because I've been a lifelong fan, you know? I remember when, in 2000, we finally got the real Subway Series, you know? That was mm-hmm. a buzz. Or when 2015, like, that was going to be magic. Like, I, if I was already in the future seeing, like, you know, King of the Heroes, just a wash and, and confetti. Uh, going to my first game, taking my dad out to his first game. My dad catching a foul ball two years ago when I was there last. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of them for sure. That's special. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's a cool yeah. thing. Uh, a lot of people always ask you in, in the bars and clubs, like, hey, man, who's your favorite Mets, fan, Mets player of all time? And, you know, I say Piazza. It's a very safe choice. You yeah. know, but like deep down inside as a fat kid, I was a Benny Agbayani guy. You're like, remember, remember Benny? He was dope. That, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this one from the past. What about you, Charlie? Charlie, who, who's your favorite Met of all time? I think I know the answer to this. Day Wright. Day Wright. And my Piazza also was 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 in there too. But Day Wright's uh, my Piazza was the old one. Now my Day Wright's been the recently one. But yeah, I met my I met my Piazza. I had him on the conversation on the phone. I uh, when I was seven years old, my uncle works in a restaurant down in Florida. Yeah. Uh, near crime and he called he didn't make reservations and you have to make reservations for near crime if you ever been if you ever go down to boca i recommend to go to that steakhouse but he never made res- he never made reservations and my uncle said only way you're gonna get a table time if you call my nephew and he called me up at seven years old wow <laughs> and i'm still waiting on the tickets though that he promised me but, <laughs> i mean um, in hindsight you asking me like oh you'll go screw yourself and walk away but he called the seven-year-old boy that's dope yeah <laughs> That's yeah, right. I, re- I remember you telling me about that, Charlie. Yeah, that that that's a, that's a great great memory there. Sp- speaking of nostalgia, uh, I couldn't think of a better segue into our next topic. Before we get into what's been going on in Metzland over the last week and a half, I'd like to take a minute to get both of your opinions on something pretty cool making a return this season. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about the black jerseys coming back. Charlie, I know you mentioned briefly last episode regarding perhaps picking up a, a black Lindor jersey if if they become available. Uh, I would assume you're in favor of that. Yeah, I, yeah, I want I want to pick up a black jersey as well, and I also want to do the P. Alonzo. I want to get another one. Um, I it's a, I have I have a black jersey on my piazza still in my room. So I I think I'll give you a hot take right here. The black jerseys need to be there. I mean, that's when we remember, you know, guys our age. What the last time the Mets really dominated a talk in, in New York City? I am not a fan of the pinstripes. That is actually my hot take. <laughs> I, I I don't I will buy the road grays or even the spring training blues before I buy a pinstripe Mets uniform. Even though I, I like own the one. spring training blues, I like the spring the yeah. spring training ones. I like I wish that there would be regular season because I like that. Yeah, like, you know, here yeah. and there. Yeah, those are those are good. I agree. But uh, unpopular opinion for me with the black jerseys, I'm I'm not a fan. I've never been particularly fond of those jerseys. It, it, it's it's all opinion and preference, right? But personally, I, I just never cared for the black jerseys. I, th- I thought they were very dull. I, I thought they were downright ugly, <laughs> especially the black the black road jerseys. I, I don't think they've used the black road jersey since 2008, yeah. uh, 2000 season, right? But and I, they only stopped using them as the home for the home games in I think 2014 or 2015. I don't remember, but um, it wasn't too long ago they stopped using them. 
don't get me wrong. I think it's great that they're bringing them back. Another prime example of Steve Cohen's interactions with the fans and taking their opinions and requests to heart. It's great for the fans that love the look. I just never really cared for them. You know, I, shame. I, I, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, Steve. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I believe they're only going to be wearing them for select home games this season, if I'm not mistaken. I don't they know. they got to do Blackout Fridays. PMI, oh, is that what so. it is? Okay. Yeah, Blackout yeah. Fridays. I don't know if it matters so much, but, like, because of how Mets uniforms were in the past, and I know that baseball is trying to deal with this with the new city jerseys, but when the black jerseys were prominent, I mean, kids wore it to school. Like, it was a big deal. Like, you can't not get you pinstripes, but, like, wearing, like, orange and blue pinstripes didn't match. <laughs> you couldn't, like, have the same swag, you know, with the tuxedo stripe down the side. So having the black jerseys, I remember walking to class, just, you know, all black everything, being the cool kids, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s, where we had a strong squad. It was, it was a very time capsule-like moment. So as we live in a generation where we can ask for nostalgia on demand, we just complain and some rich guy's going to make it happen. And why not? Right. <laughs> isn't it? It's insane, isn't it? Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. But, um, but yeah, it's a black, it, the black jerseys don't really do it for me, but Hey, you know, it, it's a great thing. It's a great thing for the team. Well, let's talk about what the Mets have been up to. Shall we? Uh, Flo, I don't know uh, if you know, you've been busy. I don't know if you've been catching up on any of the, the Mets games recently. Yeah, uh, I have. First place oh, Mets. Okay. Yeah, first place, baby. Uh, I'm yeah. happy. It counts. <laughs> it counts. Yeah, celebrate it while it lasts. You always, yeah. I always celebrate. I am feeling good. The Mets are in first place. The Yankees are at the bottom of the standings, and I'm going to enjoy every bit of this for as long as it lasts. <laughs> but um, The worst record in the American League. <laughs> they're, Life they're, is good. They're off to a rocky start. I mean, I, I mean for, for the record, I don't hate the Yankees at all. Um uh, but you know when they when they, <laughs> when, I don't I don't hate them at all. Their fans are just insufferable. And thank you. Yeah. That's exactly what I was yeah. going to say. I, you know I respect the hell out of the franchise, and it has nothing to do with the fact uh, with with the Yankees' success and the Mets' mis- misfortune over the years. Mm-hmm. They just have they just have some of the most obnoxious and arrogant fans that you will ever meet. Speaking uh, of the fans, did you see the fans like through through the baseballs onto the field? Yeah. Prime example of that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can throw baseball on the field, and you only know who's going to hit somebody. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And again, it's, it's not all of them. It's just, you know, yeah. when you when you think of Yankee fans, you, you think of that obnoxious arrogance. And it's just uh, it's frustrating. <laughs> so so when, whenever whenever the Yankees lose, it's not because I don't like them. It's because I'm sticking it to the fans. <laughs> so, Absolutely. And they're, but, like, they're like obsessed. Like they just watch more Mets games than we do. And you're like, woof, yeah. you guys really won last night. Like, whatever. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. But, but, but having said that, I do have to say. I think we can all agree that Phillies fans are by far the worst. Phillies are. Phillies they're top, are the they're top two. I, I would say Red Sox fans, but in the NL for sure. Yeah. 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 I, to, I, I can get on board with the Red Sox fans. Yeah, yeah. I used to think they were top two until I went to a Philly game. I went to a Philly game and then when they, when they, when the person cursed me out, when the Mets got the base hit and I went, I went, yes, the Mets got hit. And then the guy cursed me out. I, I, was, I was like, <laughs> you know what? You guys won the top lead of that. Wait, wait. So, so this guy, you, you come, Wait, hold on. So, so, so you, I went you're... to a, I went to I went to the seven line to a Mets uh, Mets Phillies game. I know. Back in maybe, uh, like 2014 maybe, and the Mets got a base hit. I went yes, just just like that. And the guy says you're an asshole. <laughs> and I, I just looked. My my cousin I was with, he ran <laughs> at the time. He hide. That was about to go down. Crazy. Yeah. How like, dare wow. you come to this uh, arena or stadium and root for the other team? 
How dare you? <laughs> I was like, wow, you know. And then also it was like um, we were the seven line. So the seven line is crazy. If it, I, I don't know if you ever sat in the seven line, but they would they would throw the seven line was throwing things and they used to throw things back at us. But if we do things at at, at like regular Philly fans, they would get thrown out of the game or they would get like removed from the stadium. But the Philly fans were not. It was like a whole racial discrimination kind of thing that was going on Jeez. with with the you know Phillies and Mets fans. It was something I never saw before. I never believed until I was actually there how everything was going on. Such and how if they didn't uh, they didn't serve alcohol or any, or any food to us, they, we had to go up and get it because that was a section that was blocked oh. off. They wow. made it like that whole thing with the whole Philly, even the whole like people that worked at the stadium. They knew we were there, and they they didn't want us there, which was something to a whole new level. (laughs) That's that's so sad, Charlie. (laughs) Rough, man. (laughs) I'm trying to live on these streets, man. What are you talking about? (laughs) Regardless with the Yankees, I mean, you know, they're struggling early. But I I am hoping that they turn things around this week because they're playing the Braves. So... It's kind of, it's kind of, you got to walk that line. You root for the Braves, you root for the Yankees. I mean, the, the Yankees aren't in our division. The Braves are, and they're supposedly the team to beat. So if Ugh. the Yankees turn on, you know, it, like Sophie's what do you choice. Do? It's like an you alternate can't... Sophie's choice. Can they all lose? <laughs> <laughs> you damned if you do, you damned if you don't, right? But... I, yeah, I feel like such an old man, but back in the days before interleague baseball, because I feel like interleague play is totally made the game all screwy, uh, my AL team was the White Sox. Because they would come to New York and smack around the Yankees and leave, which I thought was pretty dope. Yeah. Okay. So you know what? Let's uh, so let's move on to the Mets and the Marlins series from last weekend. Charlie, do you want to take the lead on this? Sure. So the, the Mets came in there and they actually took what was it two out three? Was it? I don't remember my whole thing. <laughs> they were two out. They would take two out three and they played really. They played really well. It was the uh, well the the finale was rained out. Yeah, the finale was okay. Rained. Yeah. Yeah, we we have seven makeup games to go through. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, tonight's game. I, I I'm not even sure they're even playing. Well, they, they, I think they are playing right now. But yeah. they're, they're supposed to be snow in the forecast. Yeah, it was, it's just the Mets luck, right? Yeah, yeah. Can't get away from it. They hit it in Colorado and now uh, and now in Chicago. But but you called you called us Steve last week on the last podcast about saying that the Mets are going to turn around. And they're gonna and they're gonna turn around when we were Philly when we were Philly and everything they're gonna, just, they're gonna turn everything around and this that that Marlin series was very big. I did. I, I told. I said. I said last week. I said going into this uh, going into the Philly series. We'll get on. We'll get to that in a little bit. But going into that Philly series, the Phillies were going to be facing an entirely different Mets team than the one they, they faced the week prior. Yes. And sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did. And I knew it was coming. Um, and a lot of that's thanks to this this freaking awesome pitching staff that we have right now a stark contrast to a year ago <laughs> where we only had the grom and, and the other guys but um but no the, the starting rotation has been absolutely spot on so far knock on wood but True. uh but that they are they're looking really really good and um again the last opus uh, we talked about the home opener in the last episode a great outing by taiwan walker great pickup again i said it last time uh, his first start as a Met, there was that controversial walk-off with Conforto. Uh, but I, I had mentioned that was that was the type of win that m- would ignite a spark for this team. Um, unfortunately, that didn't happen the following day when DeGrom was on the <laughs> Never happens when DeGrom is on the No. <laughs> 14 strikeouts, eight innings, and what is it? What happens? The Mets can't even score a run. 
Right, right. At, at least at least Rojas left him in this time. Now he pitched eight innings. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. <laughs> Rojas keeping people in. It didn't matter. The Mets got shut out. They, yeah, three hits they mustered. So, I don't know. I mean, but Degrom got another hit. You know, <laughs> he, he, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Damn it. And, <laughs> That's Jake's what uh, Thanos said. I'll do it myself. Right, exactly. That's exactly what I was. Fine. I'll do it myself. But no, Jake was phenomenal as usual. But again, this team just couldn't pick him up. Uh, it was another gem that he got cheated out of. And then, you know, the, the finale, or lack thereof, the game got called due to inclement weather. That game should have never started. I don't know why it started. What did Stroman through like nine pitches at? I, and then in the stupid rule, the next stupid rule that we play now, we have to start exactly where it left off um, coming up in June. And we are actually two months. And who knows who's going to be pitching that game. Stroman has to be, um, if he's not used, he can't be. It has to be all the same. Got to be right, right where they left off. The old rule yeah. used to be like it was rained out and, and they have to be four or five innings and then we'll start a fresh new game. Right. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I really don't know. But the, the rules, again, we talked about this last time as well. A lot of the rules are just a little baffling. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. But that game never should have started. I mean, absolutely. keep in mind that the rules state, the rules state, I looked into that too. The, the rules state the decision to start the game during inclement weather falls on the sole discretion of the home team manager. So this was Rojas. <laughs> he said, yeah, let's play through it. Really? It was Rojas? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was umpires for sure. But yeah, but uh, you know, uh, they started the game because apparently the Mets had their top forecast expert on top of things uh, who absolutely knew nothing about what he was doing. Is he still a top forecaster? Is he going to get picked down <laughs> <Yeah>. the rank? <laughs> but, but I don't know. Obviously, you know, the umpires called, ended up calling the game, but it, it, it shouldn't have started to begin with. But, but either way, so now they're going to play, uh, what do you say? They're going to play in August. Uh, they're going to make that a game up in August, correct? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. It was, it's only August 31st, right? August 31st, yeah. they're going to make up that game. And they're going to start exactly where they left off. And they're going to yeah. do a nine-inning game. And then, you know, Super Bowl with a seven-inning doubleheader. The yeah. second game is going to be seven innings. Yeah. They're going to have so many doubleheaders. They're going to have so many games to make up. But the good thing, you know, it's towards the end of the season. And we're going to have, hopefully, we'll have Syndergaard back. We'll have Carrasco. So we might have a cinema man rotation going on with that oh, whole thing. Or split squad, like one team is in Philadelphia, the others in Oakland. Just <laughs> 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 gotta make the most of it. I mean, I can't remember the last time our rotation was this stacked, and it's just it's so refreshing to see. But it, it's definitely a good problem to have, no doubt. But um, yeah, so uh, let's move on to the Philly series last week. You know, unfortunately, there was, there was another game postponed due to weather, the first game, but they ended up playing Twin Bill on the last Tuesday. Taiwan Walker again. That was Taiwan Walker that game, right? Yeah. 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 He, he's been doing great. Another great outing, eight strikeouts. He, I, he only lasted, I think, four innings, four and third, or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, very little run support. He got taken out and the pen blew it. <laughs> but, nope. <laughs> what happens? But we won. <laughs> we came right back. Yeah, and and then um and then and then Stroman was for the second game, and then we, and he pitched great, another great alley. Yeah, so game two. I mean, we had uh, yeah, Stroman was on the hill. I was surprised because after the rain, he was supposed to pitch on the rain out against Miami on Sunday, and then he was pitching. They let him go a few days later. I thought I didn't think they were going to be able to do that, but he went out. Out of everyone, I've been the most surprised by Stroman. He's so is it a he's under one. one too. Sorry. Yes. Out. Yeah. 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 I guess my yeah. my uh, my question was more like, are you more surprised on like the stuff or the attitude? Because I think there's no, the a attitude, school that no. for both. 
Yeah, no, the attitude's there. He's always had the attitude. And I, I, I always thought at times he was maybe a little bit pompous. And I, I, I love the guy, but his interactions in the past with the media maybe came off as a little pompous, but that's just his personality. I don't, I don't dislike him at all. He's definitely got the stuff, and he can back it up. I, I didn't believe him when he said uh, during spring training, he was saying, I might have a little competition with DeGrom this year being a, a yeah. Cy Young. And I was like, what? This guy don't even compare himself to DeGrom. And I was telling, I was telling my friend, did you hear that? And he was like, yeah, I heard that. And, and yeah. um, I, I, how, how could he? How could he do that? And then also I, I see him like, all right, can he walk the talk? Because you know what? You have to show it. And yeah. these three games, he have really walked the talk. I, I still don't compare him to DeGrom. Nobody can be compared to DeGrom. He is, yeah. he's a these three games, you could say he's a Cy Young candidate in three games from Absolutely. those three games. Absolutely. He might give DeGrom a run for his money if he keeps producing like this. I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're going to run into ruts no matter who you are. He's going to have a bad outing. It's going to happen. But he's off to a fantastic start. This whole rotation is. Knock on wood again. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got great stuff. I mean, he's a ground ball pitcher. He's he's getting it done so far. So I'm, I'm very happy with that. So, but I mean, he had against the Phillies another stellar outing. He had six uh, six innings pitched, no runs, three strikeouts. Familia came in, actually throwing strikes. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was supposed to be Stroman that was supposed to go out for the seventh, but they kept him on base for too long. Yeah. So they decided Familia, and he actually—I don't know if you watched a lot after the game—he actually pulled himself out. Uh, Ross was going to keep him in for the seventh, and he said, "Can you take me out? I I want to. I, I I don't feel like I'm going to be comfortable because I was out on the base too long." Which I found it very interesting too that his plan was to keep him in. Well, he 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 knew what he wanted to do. He knew how he felt, and if he yeah. knew, he felt he needed to come out, then that was the right decision. Yeah. So he's he's getting it done. <laughs> this is this is this is the Strowman we need. This is what the Strowman we traded for. So I'm. I'm but glad to be fair, we we are we got some bad experiences. You know, a lot of guys with fanfare come, they take a little cup of coffee, stretch out, and then move on, <laughs> and they right. get elsewhere. <laughs> you know. <laughs> No, that's fair. That that's that's fair. But yeah, no. So so the Mets ended up winning the, the they swept the doubleheader for nothing, and uh, game three was the rematch with Peterson. Uh, he had a rough outing the week before against Philadelphia in the first start. But what a what a bounce back outing! That was his Peterson. best pitching he ever had. I think he made his whole career so far. Yeah, matched a career high ten strikeouts, I believe it was. Yeah, who's throwing no hitter into like the fifth? He he looked great. It, it's definitely a great confidence booster for Peterson. It, it, I was not worried at all. I I called the last broadcast too. I said that he was just having a rough. You know, he probably was the fans, and probably was his first time really pitching in front of fans, yeah. and got energetic. And then the second, third inning, he looked like a different pitcher. And next thought out, he went out there and threw strikes and. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Nice to get some payback. We started off hot against Wheeler. I think we got like three back-to-back hits against him. A, a sacrifice put us up 2 nothing. Um, yeah. But then when he settled in, the Wheeler looked nasty. Oh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we still got 10 hits off of him, but we couldn't really do much more until I think – Yeah, was- he settled in really, really good. Yeah, he did after that first. Yeah, and it wasn't until the seventh inning when we finally chased him out of the game. Yeah, you pitch up like 30 pitches in the first inning, and then I was like, oh, he's going to be out by the fourth. Right. And he is still pitching the seventh inning. Yeah, and he was he was out there for over 100 pitches. So, but yeah, and then Alonzo came through with that sack fly. They put us put us up three one. Yeah, it gave us a little breathing room. And then the two run homer from McCann in the eighth. That was just the icing on the cake. And it was then, nice to see McCann hit a home run. Oh yeah, very nice. Again, he's the he's the weakest hitter on the team, but he's got some pop in his bat. He can hit. Right. And um, and then Diaz came in 
for the ninth. Not a save opportunity, but he had he had a very, very good outing. Pitched a clean inning with a couple of strikeouts. And um, by the way, how awesome is Diaz's entrance music? I don't know if you heard that on the... <laughs> no, I, what is it? I love it, but it's called uh, it's called Narco. Narco by Blaster Jacks and Timmy Trumpet. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's amazing. Okay. Yeah. It's um, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I play a clip of it, but I'd rather not tempt the copyright infringement gods. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, but, original content with a song? Shut it down. <laughs> I guess I don't pay much, much attention to welcome music, but yeah, that's kind of part of the vibe. You know, you'll go to the game and, and go, okay, that's my guy. It's coming out, you know? So I'll check it out. Sure. Yeah, they usually don't show the the, the uh, intro music, but on SNY, when we were watching it, they made it a point to focus on that. And it was it was just absolutely amazing. The fans were getting into it. It was great. But oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the one drawback, though, with the feeds, you know, getting alternate commentary. Like, sometimes you don't get the Gary Keith Ron experience. That kind of detracts from the whole thing. Right. Just, just putting it out there. <laughs> no, you're not. You are not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, and in game four, uh, that was postponed due to rain. So the Mets ended up sweeping the Phillies three games. So that was a great, great week. I think they would probably would have swept that game, game four too. They looked, they looked like they had the team to go They're, into that. The momentum, right? So yeah, I don't, I don't know who they would have ended up facing uh, starter wise for the Phillies in that that game. I don't remember, but you know, after the tough series series loss in Philly the week before, sweeping the series was a huge boost for the team. But it, yeah. at least they didn't. At least this rain out at least they didn't start the game and call it after nine pitches like <laughs> that's not the norm <laughs> yeah but, uh, i was still surprised that they, they waited and they had a rain delay for the first 40 minutes and then they called right. the game after four minutes it was raining the focus the whole day I, I i knew that before you know i used to study weather you could ask me <laughs> yeah i, I used to study weather in for two years in college in stony brook and then i changed i major because i couldn't keep up with, with physics so oh, well yeah. So, I, yeah i was bad with math to begin with but they met, added math with science i was like i'm good yeah <laughs> formalist i'm out <laughs> How much the rain, how, how, when the rain falls and then you have to add up how much tenure it gets to the ground. I thought that you don't have to add up anything, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you went a lot further than I would have. I wouldn't have applied. <laughs> like, like, why do you want to come here? I have no idea. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> the new, the Newton law was the, the worst. I, I, I hated that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I catch you in the street, Newton, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's move on to uh the colorado series right the amazons went into colorado this past weekend uh what we all feared became a reality when the uh first game in the series ended up getting postponed i mean luckily that snow was coming down yeah they flew into a freaking blizzard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you see that video oh my goodness yeah. me yeah it was like another world it's like yeah it's like yeah this game ain't happening <laughs> Between the Marlins game from Sunday getting called and the missed series in Washington to start the season, and then there was potential trouble in Colorado, I'm thinking, geez, at this rate, we'll have 20 games under our belt by the time of the All-Star break. Syndergaard and Carrasco may end up only missing two starts at this point. <laughs> but we ended up completing the series regardless over the weekend. Game one of the doubleheader, DeGrom on the mound. The cold weather was obviously not an issue for him. He racked up another 14 strikeouts. Insane. Like, like it was nothing. This guy makes it just, it looks so easy for him. Uh, at one point, what was it? Nine strikeout, nine, nine batters in a row he struck out. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen that he was going to hit that 10. I was like, you know what? Great. And, and, and nine batters in a row. He made it look easy. Yeah, just just one shy of the all-time record of 10, yeah. but uh, set by Tom Seaver in 1970 against the Padres. So he's there. He joined an elite club there. And uh, just to put things into perspective, in case his most recent outing wasn't good enough for you, 
through Jacob DeGrom's first three starts of the season, 20 innings pitch, 35 strikeouts, 0.45 ERA. That's just stupid. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> and he did and he didn't have his best stuff going that game either. That no, strikeouts in 14. He was a little shaky. Um, and he, and people won't know this if you didn't watch DeGrom, but if you watch every star of DeGrom, you know something was off with him, even for the first inning, and then you just saw him pitch into a groove. He gave up three runs. Um, also yeah. because of the error, but he All knew, knew something that was not was not right with him that game. He still pitched, still got, still got going. Yeah, it might have had something to do with the weather. He doesn't need excuses, this guy. But if that wasn't ridiculous enough for you, another fun fact. In 186 career starts, DeGrom's allowed only one or less runs 87 times. Wow. You serious, Clark? Wow, man. The fact that he doesn't have multiple rings now to his time. Are you? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. We, we're blessed to have this guy on the team. And and he might feel cursed, <laughs> but uh, but no, he, he he's he's phenomenal. Oh and uh, oh and and he got another base hit in this game. Uh, th- this this guy has a hit in his last three starts. Uh, I'm glad we don't have the DH implemented this season. Yeah, <laughs> it's only a matter of time till we do it anyway. Like I see the writing yeah. on the wall, but uh, those last couple of years, why not? Yeah, it's going to start next season. I think the DH, right? Yeah, they're going to start next season. Man, yeah. yeah, I don't know, but the Grom's a monster. He had. You know, a hit in every game. You know, when when the Grom when the Grom gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, the guy's gonna have the quickest Hall of Fame speech of all time. He has nobody to thank. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be, all right, well, thanks, fine. <laughs> I trained myself, I did my own battery practice. It was me, really? me, me. <laughs> but yeah, again, he he did give up the three runs. Uh None of them were earned McNeil, from McNeil's error. I was thinking, well, at that point, I was like, here we go again. You know, things weren't yeah. looking good, especially in the seventh. But we clawed our way back. Pete hit a, a home run. Conforto had two hits. Uh, VR, who has been absolutely clutch for the match. That's not very surprised, though. I, I, I know you called it. Yeah. You were saying that you were excited about getting him. But I was surprised yeah. at how well he's been performing. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's, he's great off the bench. I, I, don't, I don't know about starting him. You know, yes. he's, you know, they're going to start him here and there. Um, but he's a great bat off the bench. And yeah, he reminds me of like Valdespin. Valdespin, remember the guy Valdespin that was I, off the bench? That yeah. he reminds me of. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong there. Good comparison. But, yeah, no, he's a good bat, bat off the bench. And uh, then Lindor put them ahead for good to give DeGrom his first win of the season. So, thank goodness he finally got it. Yeah. But uh, they, they always, the Mets always find a way to make it inter- interesting, right? So Right. And uh, and the spotlight might have been on DeGrom in that game, but you cannot ignore how phenomenal Diaz has been. Yeah, he tricked out the side. <laughs> he, he looked like, there you go. <laughs> and tricked out the side, the one, two, three. Yeah, Sh- Sugar is looking mighty sweet. Diabetes. He, he came in, he struck out the side. Uh, his stuff looked nasty. Be- between that inning and the, and the game in Philadelphia, he's looked every bit the closer that we thought we were getting when we traded for him two years ago. So he, he's, he's, given it, he's giving us, again, early in the season, but he's giving us exactly what we need from him. So I'm going to enjoy this version of Diaz for as long as we can. Hopefully it lasts a very long time. But, um, but again, he's, you're, you're talking about a guy coming from Seattle who never really needed to pitch in high-level situations. <laughs> right. So exactly. the pressure's been on since he got here. And hopefully he's starting to acclimate to it. You know, he had a bounce back season last year. At first I was like, maybe it's because there's no fans in the stands. You know, he's, you know, a little, little bit of that pressure is off. But, you know, now we have some, some fans back there and uh, he's rolling with it. He, he's getting it done. But yeah, so in the nightcap, the Mets didn't have much luck. Uh, Joey Lucchese, uh, Lucchese, he made his first start in the Mets uniform. Uh, he had a great outing against Philadelphia in the, out of the pen list uh, the week before. He was not as effective against the Rockies early on. He struggled with his command. The Rockies hit him hard. 
He only lasted three innings, gave up three runs. Gazelman, though, he finally made an appearance. Charlie, I know you were missing him. You mentioned that last week. Yeah, Gazelman hasn't been around. but Yeah, but, that was his first game he pitched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he came back. The, the Mets were still in it. They were, they were down three runs. They were in it until the until the fifth. Yeah, and, Barnes. Yeah. Barnes, then uh, opened, up the, opened up the gates for a Barnes guy. Yeah, gave up, I think it was four runs. And uh, One thing that I could not understand, and yes, prepare yourselves. I'm about to make another Rojas complaint. But Conforto, who has been making a lot of progress, lower batting lower in the order since being moved from number three spot, he's been having better at bats. He had two hits the game earlier. Why in the world would you move him back to the number three spot? <laughs> I, I, I mean, like what happened? What happened? He went zero and three when he, when Rojas moved him back. Conforto is not a number three hitter. He he never has been. He he had a game the game earlier. You'd think you'd think they they'd want to keep that momentum going, right? For one of your for one of your players that's been struggling the most and needing to find that consistency, it, it made near, it made zero sense for me. But that's that's my only that's my only complaint. I mean, I I don't know. Can you make heads or tails out of that decision? I don't know. Is this your only complaint? I feel like you have like a list. Like you've been writing it down, and so we go to the losing streak. Goes here is my testament. <laughs> like Martin Luther is pulling on the door of the wall of the church. <laughs> I I that that is the okay. That's the only one I'm willing to talk about. <laughs> Right now, I have more. I'm I'm, bur- <laughs> I'm burying it, everything else deep down inside. But uh, but no, C- Conforto did well at the plate. The Mets really couldn't do much in this game until McNeil came through. He came through in the fourth, driving in the Mets. The Mets only two runs in that game. Yeah. And uh, McNeil's another guy. He he's starting to show signs that he's coming around. That was yeah, a big he's hit. Coming he's coming around. And back to Stroman. How about Stroman in Game Three? He's he's been. Again, super impressive. His first three starts. Uh, Alonzo, he led off. What was it? Uh, he led off the second with a base hit. He eventually came out on the score. Davis comes back up. Didn't miss a beat coming off the injured list. Gets an RBI. Plays Conforto. And uh, Conforto in game three, he looked great again. After going 0-3 the, the game before, he looked probably the most comfortable he's been at the plate this season. Luckily, Rojas had the good sense to drop him back down in the order. And look what happens. He gets two hits. And and well, what about that backhanded grab by Strowman, <laughs> and the, the seventeen the seventeen freaking bounces? <laughs> it, bounces uh, it was like time slowed down. It was wild. So behind the back, we saw the splits. It was perfect, man. <laughs> you know, like like there was no way that should have happened or even be in time. But somehow, right? Like, those are the kind of plays that in the in the the punch out right by uh, yeah. McCann earlier, like. Those are the plays you put on highlight reels, and that gets casual fans to go, "Oh, well, check it out! All right, things are different. All right, yeah, absolutely." And, and you saw uh, after after I, I love watching Strowman, but after he made that that catch, he was talking to the dugout. He was like, "This is glove. This is glove. This is glove." He's like, "My shit's golden." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love this guy's confidence. Again, I, I last year when we got him, and he was talking a lot. I thought you know this guy's a little pompous, but. He, he's he's there's a difference between being pompous and, and arrogant and and have having confidence and this guy has confidence and he has the stuff to back it up so so I love watching him but yeah that was a wild win to that game Diaz came in he had the two quick outs he got into a little trouble gave up that single to Trevor Story and what happens immediately attempts to steal guess what this isn't the old Mets we actually <laughs> right. have catcher now <laughs> not today <laughs> yeah what well, throw. Credit to Lindor also. He made that quick tag to get him out. So that that was great. I love how Alonzo has been putting the ball in play. He's not trying to drive the ball and hit it out of the park at every at-bat. Like he's, not, he's, he's still over-swinging at times, but 
He's not all over the place like he was last year. Uh, we know, still high. Yeah, he, he's going to get there. He's going to get there, especially with Chili Davis back. That's already paying dividends. But uh, we, he has he has power. He's going to hit home runs. He's going to strike out too. But seeing him play small ball lately has been so much fun to watch. So, you know, another sweep would have been great for this series, but you can't complain about taking two or three from Colorado, uh, especially, Charlie, since you said last time, for a crummy team that Colorado is, they – Always give us trouble. So yeah, they always. And that it's that that game on Sunday was a good game. It, you know, even the Rock. I'll give credit to the Rock, uh, Colorado Rockies. They played a good game. It was yeah. It was a good baseball game. Like anybody that would sat home and watch that game, it was, we were interested in the whole whole thing. It was from the beginning to the end. It, you know, both teams gave it their all. And even if the Mets, let's say the Mets, were, it was the other way around. I would tip my hat off to that game because it was just a good baseball game. Yeah. Well, what do, you, what do you think about Conforto? Do you think uh, he's anything to worry about? Should we hit the panic button on him yet? I want to hit the panic button yet. No, I, I, I think he's gonna. He done, He has done this before. Conforto has always struggled, and then he turns it on, and then somehow at the end of the year he has dirty home runs and underneath his belt. He has done yeah. it before. Last year was a, a surprise that he went the whole sixty game season on a good streak, but he has done it before that. He started off cold, then he goes hot. And then at the end of the season, you're like, what? He has three home runs. Yeah, he has three home runs. <laughs> Comfort always Comfortable always been a kind of player in my eyes. That he's very he's he doesn't know where he's gonna be. I just wonder if he really doesn't pick it up, how his salary is gonna look at the end. And I don't even know if the Mets were you know gonna offer him a contract. Yeah, it absolutely gonna, gonna have to, you have to you have to wonder. I mean, Conforto's always been a streaky player, right? But you have to wonder being in a contract year. If that pressure might be uh, getting to him a little bit, look, I got to perform. I mean, especially considering the payday Lindor just got. So it, it might be a little too much for him right now. But I think he's, he's going to come around. He already showed it. Everybody's going to start clicking soon. I, I, they I, will. I, they are. They're all going to click Lindor. And they're all going to click at the same time. That's how it happens. It's, they're all going to come clicking at the same yeah. time. And- yeah. And again, it's all a testament to how great the, the starting rotation has been, you know, and we haven't been scoring a lot of runs. So between the pitching, and once this lineup clicks, look out. When once we get once we get firing on all cylinders, forget it. You know, and, and as long as we stay healthy, because that's stay always healthy. an issue. It's hard to stay healthy. We have all these like these delays and mess up your rotation. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. So like we went back yeah. and we talked about how we did well in Philadelphia. And I think on paper it was it was us our, our, our time to do very well. But having that flight back from Miami, you know, you're like, I don't know, is it gonna be you know what I mean? Like it's it's hard yeah. to tell. And it's really I can tell you as my short career as an athlete, I was in the wrestling business for like six months or whatever. Once you work your body out, you have to get flat, not go outside in the cold, <laughs> not get on the tour bus to be like, sorry, guys, it's going to be delayed a day. So if you get away from that kind of inclement weather, then I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get into a groove with, you know, with all the delays, but, but there we're lucky to be where we are right now with everything. All right. So, uh, all right, what do you what do you say we shake things up, have a little fun with some amazing trivia? Uh, we're going to do things a little differently this time since we do have our wonderful guest on the show. We say we have a little friendly competition. Uh, I have eight questions here, multiple choice. I'll ask each of you for a piece, and uh, let's see who comes out on top. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid, man. I was I was saying that I can't sit here for an hour. I'm like, I'm a big fan, and I get all these questions wrong. <laughs> You can find out where I live, man. <laughs> no, you... <laughs> nah, you'll be fine. Don't worry. I told Charlie last time we did this. Hey, just go with your gut. Go with your instincts. It'll be fine. Oh, man. But uh, 
Um, oh, I'm playing too. I didn't know yeah, that. you're you're playing, Charlie. Oh man, you're, you're you're the champion from last week. You got the Steve is basically telling you to throw so I can win. <laughs> That's what he's. <laughs> so my ego will be shattered. It's no pressure, no pressure at all, Charlie. I didn't know. I didn't have no time to prepare for this. So okay. <laughs> all right, you guys ready to uh, put your New York Mets knowledge to the test? Let's do it. Let's get it on. All right. As always, we encourage everyone to play along at home. Uh, all right, Flobo, first question is to you. Uh, which player appeared in an episode of Seinfeld? Was it Keith Hernandez, Tug McGraw, Dwight Gooden, or Tom Seaver? Uh, Keith. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, Ooh. that was probably my favorite. I love that show. Probably one of my favorite episodes, too. With the whole, uh, had you seen? Have you seen that episode with the uh, the JFK s conspiracy? Oh yeah, I was about to say you gave me a comedy question. I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll that one. yeah. but uh, yeah, it was funny. I, I was looking into that one. Keith Hernandez said he he mentioned that he gets around three thousand dollars a year in royalties from reruns from that. Oh man. Yeah. Right. Hmm? But no, that was that was a great episode. Okay, Charlie, to you. Which pitcher started Game One of the two thousand World Series for the Mets? Rick Reed, Mike Hampton, Al Leiter, or Glendon Rush? Hmm. I'm thinking Mike Hampton. I'm going to do my best Regis Philbin impression. Is that your final answer? I'm going to go Al Leiter then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you chose Mike Hampton. No, it is, it is Al Leiter. It is Al Leiter. I did it with one of those two. <laughs> see where he gets you. My gut's at Hampton also. Well, yeah. Yeah. he lied to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Go with your gut. Wrong. What? <laughs> yeah, that was. I uh, a point for that. Yeah, no, you, you got that one. Yeah, that was uh, game one. That was between Leiter and Andy Pettit. That was. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I was yeah. either one though. That was that was my two. I, those two other ones I knocked off, and I was like, all right, it's Al Leiter, my Hampton. That that was that was a great series. Um, yeah. Not so much for the Mets, but to, just to have <laughs> right. That that was something special. Uh, Flobo, back to you. Uh, which catcher made a failed transition to left field? Todd Hundley. Whoa, you didn't even need the – wow. Holy cow. <laughs> well, they brought in Piazza. Someone had to leave, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Didn't even need the answers for that one. Holy cow. Yeah, well, well played. Well played. You got that right. Todd Hundley, yeah. So uh, just a little back backstory on that one. After having reconstructive surgery on his right elbow and making it impossible for him to play as catcher – the Mets made the position change where he struggled not only defensively, but his his average also plummeted to 164. Ooh. Ouch. Uh, yeah, this and again, that eventually paved the way for the acquisition of Piazza. So, well, I was impressed by that. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> All right, Charlie, after that, uh, let's see if you even let's see if you can answer without even me giving you the potential. I'll answer. see what's going to happen. Let's see if you can one up. <laughs> what year did Shea Stadium open? 1962? 63, 64, or 65? 64. Very good, Charlie. Very good. Open uh, April 17th. Um, quick preference. Uh, what do you like better, Shea or City? Of course. I, you know, I, I would say that back, back when they opened, I was like, oh, you know, the city, you know, the city, you just, it's, you walk in there and then the food is all over the place and I'm a big yeah. food fanatic. Yeah. And then it's, just, it's, yeah. it's going to a, a game. It's going to real game it's 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 a great stadium i love everything everything about it i'll be i'll be there next tuesday at this time i can't wait mm -hmm. to be back in there yeah city is a beautiful stadium but there's so much history at shea so i i i i'll always pick shea but but there's no denying city is a great ballpark all right so you guys are neck and neck right now 
Let's see. This one is going back to you, Flobo. Who holds the franchise single-season record for doubles? Howard Johnson, Jose Reyes, Bernard Gilkey, or David Wright? Ooh. I feel like if you put David Wright in a question, you should be the answer by default, right? <laughs> yeah. That's that awesome. final- I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> I'm going to not go with my gut, though. I'm going to say Jose Reyes? It was Bernard Gilkey. Oh, one of my oh, favorites going on. I wasn't there right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charlie. This this next one, uh, this next one could put you in the lead here. Uh, who did the Mets receive in the trade that sent Mike Cameron to the Padres after the 2005 season? Xavier Nady, Oliver Perez, Jose Valentin, or Orlando Hernandez? Ooh. Mm. Orlando Hernandez? <laughs> nope. Uh, Xavier Nady. Okay, I have no idea that one. I, just I would have guessed it. right, but I would have been a guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they they traded Finetti. He came to the Mets, played seventy five games, only to be traded to Pittsburgh midseason. So that that's a that's a Mets thing. Uh, all right, Flobo, here you go. Wait, what's uh, the score? Do, do I have to get this right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you well you guys are tied two two right now. So this is the you each got one more question here. Uh, so here we go. Back to you, Flobo. Not including Jackie Robinson, how many numbers have the Mets retired? Oh. One, two, three, or four? Not counting. So yeah, because uh, Jackie Robinson, everybody, all, all the teams retired Robinson. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you know, I'm doing the thing where I'm trying to like visualize the wall. <laughs> you okay. know, like I just there's Tom Seaver, there's Gil Hodges, there's, there's Casey Single. That's at least three. What was the options? What was the choices? One through four. One, two, three, or four. Oh, uh, is it three or four? Uh, can I vote a friend? <laughs> you want to use a 50 50? Does Shake count, though? I'm going to try to help you out. Does Shake count? Because that's retired, too. And he's on the, that's on the wall. Mm, that is a good question. I don't have that on here. I, I, I'm going to wait. Hold on. One, but ac- one, according two, to what I researched, there is a specific number. Um, and and Shake. A is not on there, according to what I have. Okay. I'm going to go with three, but it's cautious optimism. <laughs> uh, it is four. Oh, you oh. son of a mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so what I gathered here, we got uh, Piazza, Seaver, Hodges, and uh, Casey Stengel. Piazza? Uh, I can't believe I forgot that was the most yeah. recent retirement. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. All right, so uh, Charlie, this is, this is for the win here. No pressure. Uh-huh. All the pressure. All the pressure in the world. Put my rally cap on inside out. <laughs> All right, Charlie, here we go. Before Jacob deGrom won it in 2014, who was the last Mets player to win Rookie of the Year? Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, Tom Seaver, or John Matluck? I'm going to go with Dwight. You got it. Charlie wins. Well played. Well played. <laughs> That, that was a fastball right over the plate. I'm just right? saying. <laughs> that was neck and neck there for a little bit, though. That was yeah, good. Well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, that was good. So Charlie wins this one 3 2. Um, I don't have any giveaways, Charlie, but you win bragging rights. How about that? If I, I was Charlie, I'll ask for a ring. <laughs> I'm going to ring ceremony <laughs> next week. Two time defending champion. <laughs> I think it'll send me like you know pizza that you make over the solo time, Steve. Yeah, I'll probably have to send you one of those. How about that? We'll settle on that. I'll send you a pizza. 
Yeah. Well, that was intense. All right. Well, Globo, before we conclude, for everybody at home, where can they go to find out more about you? Wow, that is a very <laughs> awesome question to ask because I have a lot of stuff out there. Uh, well, I would say one place, newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com. Get them to have more information about my late night comedy show called What's Up Flobo After Hours, my Netflix review show, Flobo Saw It on Netflix, Flobito's Book Club, my wrestling program, Draped in Gold, my Star Trek program, Commander's Log, newamsterdam.com, and um, oh, also on Twitter, at Twitter, at Flobo Boys. Say what's up. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, that about wraps things up here on this week's episode. Flobo, thank you again so My much pleasure. for coming to the show and hanging out with us. It was a lot of fun. Hope, hopefully uh, you'll come back and talk more Mets baseball with us. Absolutely. Thank you again, Flobo, for jumping on with us. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And we'll see you back next time for more Amazing Talk.